to the second ever episode of the Quacked Out Podcast with your host Charlie Folkstead and Reed Tingley. For this second episode, uh, we thought that a good topic would be to do a revisit of the 2019-2020 season. So we've ranked uh, all 14 games from last season from our least favorite to most favorite, and then we averaged those out uh, to make our official quacked out podcast rankings. Uh, so yeah, we're going to go through that. Uh, we're going to break down each game and then at the end, we're going to wrap it up with our overall grades of the season. Each three of us made our own lists, uh, from one to 14. We just ranked these, you know, the 14 games that Oregon competed in last year and averaged out all the numbers. And here's our master list. So least favorite, what was our least favorite? Our least favorite was the Montana game. It was a 35-3 score. Uh, There just wasn't really much going on, in my opinion, in this game. Uh, I had it personally at the bottom of my list. Uh, I felt like after our first two games, uh, where we looked good for times uh, and had a little more explosion on offense, especially in the Nevada game, it was a bit of a letdown to only put up 35 first Montana. Yeah, I mean, when you're playing these sort of, quote, cupcake out-of-conference games, you sort of just want to see points on the board. Um, You know, hopefully have a good time tailgating if you go to the game. Maybe the game is over at halftime. You can leave early, you know, make that grueling drive back home a little bit easier on yourself. But um, this game just kind of didn't have that same spark. Yeah, I mean, whenever you're scheduling... Uh, FCS opponent like Montana, you kind of want to use that to, you know, maybe uh, test out your depth, run up the score, and the Ducks weren't really able to do that here. You know, they started off the first quarter pretty strong, 14 points, and really never put their foot on the gas after that. Uh, Herbert threw for over 300 yards and five touchdowns, but the Ducks didn't really exhibit the type of dominance you'd expect from them over uh, an opponent of the quality of Montana, especially after they're showing at, uh, with Nevada the week before. Yeah, my favorite part of this game, but something I was hoping to see more of, was that late uh, Sean Dollar's run down the sideline. Mm. He got caught. Uh, but, I mean, that's the type of stuff you're looking for when you play an FCS opponent like Montana. It's The whole second half is supposed to be really a time to showcase your young players, get them to get some feeling in Autzen maybe get a herbert to herbert connection i know i was hoping for going into the game uh and we didn't see that didn't really get to see that all year um but yeah i think that's pretty much all yeah we don't really need to go too in depth yeah Montana. Um, next one uh is a brutal one uh probably the one most people thought would be at the bottom of our list the arizona state game in Tempe. Yeah, personally, I ranked this one at the bottom of my list. This was one of the least enjoyable games games to watch from an Oregon fan's perspective. I don't. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I had it twelfth uh, on my list. I thought um, it was obviously brutal. I mean, I don't think uh, any of these games took me quite as long to get over as Arizona State, uh, being that we were that close to getting in the playoffs, it seemed like. Um, But I like that uh, we showed some fight in a comeback late. Obviously, Johnny Johnson had an incredible performance in the fourth quarter. 
And if it wasn't for that deep ball, uh, third on that and third, yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you know, know. The, what we're talking about, right? <laughs> we would, uh, you know, we might be talking about a playoff berth last season. So that was pretty tough. I will say though, even though I put this one at the bottom of my list, just from an enjoyability standpoint, it didn't like. I wasn't as disappointed in this loss as I was after the Auburn loss. And I'll say that because after seeing what LSU did to Oklahoma, let's be honest, like be honest with yourselves. Yes. Making the playoff is great, but winning the Rose bowl was probably more fun in the end than getting the snot kicked out of us by Joe Burrow. Yep. Safe to Uh, say. I mean, you you can, you can look at it like that. I mean, I'm sure I, I didn't look at it like that after that game, but I actually had it higher than either of these guys. I had it ninth on my list, just um, because it was such a dramatic game, and honestly, I thought that Oregon could pull it out. It just almost to the, to the end of that game. It was nationally televised, which is a bit of a tough scene Brutal. because <laughs> it just you know. The Pac-12 and, and Oregon really has enough of a struggle, you know, with the national brand, the national reputation uh, that the Pac-12 gets of kind of cannibalizing itself. Uh, the, the, you know, Arizona States end up beating, you know, the, the Oregon sometimes. And then uh, we get called trash by every other conference in the Power Five. Yeah, but I mean, uh, it, it's kind of a classic Pac-12 game, really. Those Arizona schools get pretty rowdy. I mean, you know, if you give them a night game on national television, that student body is going to be drinking all day long. <laughs> They're showing up to the stadium rowdy. Uh, I thought one thing that I remember during that game was um, it was actually um, the 10-year anniversary about of another game we played in Arizona on a late night uh oh yeah, yeah. back in <laughs> tucson 09 uh and that was the week before the civil war as well um if you remember Masoli and lamichael going in there uh and fighting out for our oh, uh yeah. first appearance in a rose bowl in a long time warms my heart yeah so i think those um i i hope that at least you know cristobal's teams can take this into their dna and realize that when you travel down to Arizona or Arizona State uh, and it's on national television, it's a night game, they're going to come to play. And if you don't take your preparation seriously, you could easily slip up as many Pac-12 teams have and continue to do. Absolutely. And to, you know, the national criticism about the top teams in the the Pac-12, you know, not being worthy to play with the top teams in other conferences, I, I kind of see this more as like a positive scene that the kind of competition that you know you, you see in the Pac-12 is everybody you know they they don't like each other they they come out to each game like these Arizona any Arizona team State can game, lose any week they they come out thinking that they have a chance to win you don't see like you don't see Arkansas you know co- coming out with that kind of mentality against uh, Auburn and Alabama you see them getting the shit kicked out of them and. Uh, yeah. There's just a competitive spirit about these teams in the Pac-12, um, and these teams from Arizona always do play the Ducks. Ends up being a dogfight yeah, the you entire have, year. You have guys like, I mean, Herm Edwards leaving, leading a team down in Arizona State. They're trying to build their own thing. 
and they're not uh you know in the fight of the pac-12 race they have the luxury of just circling a big game against oregon and dedicating some extra prep to that whereas you know oregon leading the pac-12 north uh, and at the time ranked in the top 10 is getting everyone's best shot week in week out so it's a little different how people approach the games yeah definitely uh let's move on to our next number number 12 we put the civil war as the 12th our 12th favorite game of 2019 um why do you think that is i mean the civil war big rivalry game right it was closer than we expected so a little more competitive than usual but we still had it pretty low uh yeah i was personally as just disappointing after the arizona state game that i felt like especially our offense looked pretty flat against oregon state uh, i mean we like it felt like that uh mikhail wright kickoff return for a touchdown basically kept us afloat for a lot of that game and then uh oregon state got the ball back late in the fourth and if it wasn't for a thomas graham forced fumble um it was like is Oregon State gonna run this down yeah, the they, field? They really looked like they could have a chance at pulling it off at one point. But yeah. I mean, so, even so, it was nice to be there at Senior Day and see all the guys like warm up and everything. You know, you get your big bouquet of flowers or whatever. It's cute. You yell for your favorite players, but I mean, yeah. And, eh. and I think to be fair, I think Oregon State uh, is a little underrated last year. Oh, definitely. I think they're building something there, and by that point. I mean, like I said about the Arizona State game, you know, it's a game that Oregon State circles. They don't have a Pac-12 championship game the next week. Um, they were fighting for bowl eligibility, yeah, right, too, exactly. yeah, after blowing that game against Wazoo. But, right. I mean, yeah, Oregon State, you talk about them last year. They came into the season. A lot of people were talking about them as maybe being possibly one of the worst, if not the worst, FBS team, period. And yet they came out and proved to people that, hey, they weren't. They almost made a bowl game. Right. And for me, it was it was just kind of a second letdown after the Arizona State game. You you, you lose a game like that, that kind of knocks you out of, you know, CFB playoff contention. And you, you want to see a Ducks team like that come out and, you know, take it personally and really, you know, stick it to an in-state rival like Oregon State. And they, they didn't do that. They, they didn't come out. They didn't. They came out a little flat. They didn't, you know, step on the neck of Oregon State like like these guys said. They they let them stay in the game until the dying moment of of that fourth quarter. So yeah. So basically, I mean, these la- with these last two games, we see a theme of like props to that team. But we know Oregon was better than this. So I guess that's that's kind of why they landed yeah. so low. Yeah, and it was just tough. Those back to back during the season, you just felt like. Is Oregon running out of gas? Are we not going to punctuate this thing the way we need to, especially leading into, you know, big recruiting offseason? Um, but obviously it, it ended up turning around the next two games. Um, all right, so moving on, uh, number 11 on our list, we had the Nevada game. Um, I had that one a bit higher. I thought um, it was just fun to watch uh, as a rebound from the Auburn game. Uh, where, you know, we just put the boys out there, spread it around, and, uh, I mean, that Arroyo offense was clicking like we'd never seen it 
before or since. Or after, yeah. <laughs> For a moment, it seemed like, oh, wow, Arroyo over this last offseason has really worked some things out. Uh, maybe we're going to have a really exciting attack this year. Uh, I mean, we hung 77 points on them. It's basically everything you could ask for in one of those, you know, cupcake type of games early on where you spread it out. You get to see some young guys score. Uh, you showcase your weapons and you don't risk uh, any big injuries. Yeah, for sure. It's always nice to open open the season in those first few uh, non-conference games with some games where you expect them to run up the score and they do. And with how Montana was a disappointment, this was a game where they lived up to the expectation, did what they were supposed to do. Carson Strong for Nevada, no touchdowns to the air. The Nevada offense didn't score in the second half. In the first half, uh, they had a field goal in each quarter. That's that's all they had. Oregon defense picked Strong off twice, and their run defense was was just super impressive. Like it, like you know, they they showed for the rest of the year. But you know, yeah, not it, really. It, much it, to there, say there's about not this game. so much to say about this game because it's Nevada. Nevada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moving on, number ten is the other only the only other loss of the season against Auburn. Um, I think pure disappointment um, would be a pretty accurate description of this game. Because we had it. (laughs) We know we had it. And this game very easily definitely would have launched Oregon into the top 10. And you can see we would have remained there probably towards the top for, well, one, two, three, four, however many weeks that was, a few months the Arizona State game. Yeah, and, so. and it's a big uh, opportunity to elevate the program anytime that you're matched up against a uh, top tier or, or one of the top tier uh, SEC teams like Auburn. So it was pretty brutal that, I mean, we started off well. We had, uh, you know, there was that key Brian Addison drop. Uh, in the back of the end zone and then a missed chip shot field goal from Camden Lewis um, that was pretty tough to take and then uh, Javon Holland obviously had that really electric punt return down the sideline but that was followed up by the snap miss cue. Auburn took it down the other way and a game that we should have been leading by two or three scores was all of a sudden a one possession game uh, and yeah, they hung around enough and then made a comeback on us late. And I just felt like after watching that game, it's a game that we probably win seven out of ten times or something. I would probably say eight or nine, Yeah, honestly. Like, it really just, for a lot of Duck fans, felt exactly like the Stanford game in 2018 where we completely had 100% control of the game, and then all of a sudden we make just enough mistakes to give them a tiny glimmer of hope and then they take it completely yeah and it even you know it came down to that last drive uh with Bo Nix who we all know now is you know not not a great quarterback he, you know even for you know <laughs> for he, he's not he's not a great quarterback and that get, that last drive had me thinking that you know he he was gonna be up there in the in the Heisman contention you know that 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 back shoulder throw was a heartbreaker um, especially just that a, a, for all, a lot of this game, it looked like the revenge from, you know, 
that last uh, national championship game, the last time we played Auburn, where you have the Ducks looking like they, you know, they, they can, you know, grab this game, and they just never do. And, you know, it comes down to the last drive. Yeah. Let's get out. Enough of that. I don't, I don't want to keep reliving this. It's depressing. Um, we had a tie for the eighth and ninth spots. Yeah. Between the Cal game and the Colorado game. The Arizona game. Sorry. Yes, I read that right. Cal game and the Arizona Cal game. and Arizona. Yeah. Two very different games, though. Cal, very close game, you know. Well, for most of the game, at least. Um, it still kind of felt like the Ducks were in control all game. Maybe that was just my bias. But with, I mean, our defense out there, I really never worried about Cal scoring too many points on us, even when they got that first touchdown lead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it seemed like, I mean, we were just letting Cal hang around. And um, they didn't really seem like they had the punch in them to get them over the top. But it was still a little scary that, uh, you know, one fumble or one bad throw interception the other way. It's like uh, the margin for error was pretty thin going down the stretch there. So uh, it was, again, just a little disappointing um, that it didn't feel like our offense could really get going. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd second that. It was definitely a little scary after, you know, you've seen some of the good performances and, and some of the, you know, some of the more stagnant ones, and this definitely falls into that second category where you have, you know, Herbert and the Ducks, and they couldn't get the rushing attack going. Um, you know, scoreless in the first half. Um, the only points was that Cal, Cal touchdown in the first quarter. And then you see the Ducks kind of realize, okay, look, we're, we're Oregon and this is Cal. Look how our roster stack up, um, and and they do come out and win that game, which is good. At that point, the Ducks are coming into that game four and one, and Cal is four and two. You know, were they, they four and two? I think they were one loss still at that point, right? Well, Cal had beaten UW at that point, so we thought they might be legit. You know, we knew that they could come into somewhere. You know, I'm not gonna call UW hostile, but. <laughs> since there was nobody well, there yeah, but that, yeah, yeah, that was the, that <laughs> but was that the they can come in game, yeah. they can win an away game against a tough Pac-12 North opponent so and I mean it was the first uh, first game with students on campus first home game with students on campus it's always kind of exciting just to get that going and people had a reason to stick around to the end of that game so you know Cal was pretty fun Arizona I mean another kind of mid-season blowout Really wish that the Ducks had shown this kind of firepower in their next game against Arizona State, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, that game was really over before it started even. I think it was uh, Johnny Johnson pass, or pass to Johnny Johnson early. uh, And, yeah, it was like before the 14-minute mark or something, the Ducks had points on the board. And from there, uh, we never really looked back. So so it felt like a pretty good performance. Uh, but it was also a little bit like a game I don't think anyone really paid much attention to. Was, not, No, not really. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing that I got out of this game personally was that Micah Pittman broke his wrist. So right. that shows you what kind of night it was, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's right between that USC game, which obviously we had circled, and then... Uh, after it was the Arizona State game, which I think people were a little more worried about because it was on the road. Uh, so I think, you know, we were just looking looking to get out of the Arizona game with a win and 
keep progressing towards a potential playoff berth, and we did that. Uh, but not that much really sticks out other than the Micah Pittman thing, which was pretty brutal at the time. Yeah. Uh, okay, so next was Stanford, I believe, right? Yeah, number seven, Stanford. Uh, I always love uh, – the Stanford Oregon games. I mean, it's a little bit of a rivalry brewing now since the Chip Kelly era and yeah. before, where uh, we've each kind of taken uh, big shots at one another during some of our greatest seasons. And I always think of Stanford, especially in the past, as kind of a measuring stick as far as uh, can this Ducks team really handle the physicality of a top uh, Power Five program. Yeah, I mean, I did a prior to this game, I did a piece for uh, Cascadia Sportsnet about the Oregon Stanford rivalry and how it's sort of developed over the last 10 years. And I think it might have been seven, it was either six or seven years in a row around the Chip Kelly era. The winner of the Oregon Stanford game determined the winner of the Pac 12. Right. Probably since 2009. I think it was 08 to. Eight to 2014, 15? Uh, yeah, it must have yeah, been 15. Yeah. Um, Regardless, usually very important game. This year, not as much because Stanford sucked. Yeah, but, but it was also, I mean, big revenge from 2018, obviously, which is one of the most brutal games I've lived through as a Duck fan, honestly. Um, I mean, that game felt like it was game day. I remember... Waking up that day, wandering, it was like the big first test for Cristobal, it felt like. And it was like, okay, can Oregon really make it back to a top-tier program? And we were dominating throughout, and then it Oof. basically all fall apart, <laughs> fell apart <laughs> at the end. Yeah, I mean, this this Stanford game, um, you know, it was just one more example that, that you kind of saw throughout the season of the Ducks' defense, you know, making an absolute showing, getting national attention. I think Stanford scores a field goal in the first quarter and then a meaningless field goal at the end of the game. And uh, the Ducks keep K.J. Costello. He's not a great quarterback, but they keep him to, I think, 16 completions on 30 attempts. Uh, you know, it didn't allow a 100-yard rusher for Stanford, which is, you know, something that, you know, uh, the Ducks haven't been able to do in the past necessarily is, is limit uh, limit the rushing attack. I mean, they, they, Stanford didn't have uh, uh, a Christian McCaffrey this year, but you know <laughs> that helps, right? Help, yeah, that, that helps. I mean, there's not a lot to say about this game besides it, it felt good to beat Stanford, but and yeah, yeah good defensive showing, for great the first great conference showing, game. Yeah. That was about it. Yeah. Moving on, number six on our list. This is where we really well almost start to get into the good games uh the colorado game this was one of the most fun games i've ever attended i mean it's a friday night game everybody's on campus still lots of stuff going on get a big blowout nobody's really stressed out about the game at all and yet it's you know nationally televised and i'm pretty sure it was a fox game so it's always nice to hear brock heward tell us how good the ducks are uh, yeah, it was also, uh, I mean, at this point in the season, we kind of thought Colorado could actually be good. They had a ranked Question win. Mark? Yeah. 
Yeah, they had like a ranked win over, uh, I think it was like maybe number 25 Nebraska, I want to say. Yeah, that was a crazy game, too. I remember watching that game yeah. back and forth. Yeah, so, and and it was right after uh, the Cal game for us, which was obviously, like we talked about earlier, you know, a little bit shaky. So, I mean, to put, them, put on 45-3 against Colorado felt really good. I think we had four picks in that game. Uh, that was like when I really started to feel like, man, this secondary is special. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was a fun game. I mean, it was up to that point, it was probably the best I'd felt about the Ducks after any of those games because it just felt like I thought Colorado was a solid team, and we dominated. Definitely, yeah. Cyrus had a big game too, right? Yeah, big game three from Cyrus, three yeah. tutties. Uh, but Verdell was the was the big. Um, you know, fe- feature back there. He had, a, I think, 170 yards on the ground. Uh, and but you know, Cyrus does does get in the in the in the box score there. Well, yeah, with those, it just with those three vultures. Yeah, when you see three touchdowns and then that kind of you know across the board running back distribution, oh, yeah. it's it's nice to know that was sort of our understanding that hey, we might have three guys we can give the ball to um, on any given down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Troy Dye had, you know, some some big runs, uh, in that in that game, and yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Like like Reed said, four picks, you know, never was much of a game. Big time. Are we sure they're a good game for for Colorado? Oh, yeah. And, you know they they well, weren't. They weren't. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, people thought Montez was a pretty decent quarterback, and I mean, like you saw, we had four picks against him. Absolutely dominated him also yeah. revenge game against steven montez for 2016 right he had some bad <laughs> throws we had a too. lot of revenge games yeah. after he had, 2016 he had some real bad throws like um you know two of those picks one of them was a real bad overthrow one of them was a real bad underthrow. uh it, it, it just didn't look good you know and uh herbert just had had a class game good yeah. showing from oregon tough scene from colorado uh we're moving on yeah. All right, enough of the crap games. Let's get to the good stuff. Yeah, this top, is our top five. five. Uh, at number five, we had the Washington State game. Uh, this Ooh. is the only game this year that I got to go to in person, and it was an intense one, uh, <laughs> to say the least. I mean, I felt like uh, our Ducks were hanging on by a thread there. Uh, Troy Die was out. And that Mike Leach air raid was just brutal. Picking us apart. Picking us apart. Um, Yeah, I mean, I remember that last uh, drive from Washington State where they needed a touchdown and they're bringing it down the field. And I think we got them to like fourth down within uh, the like 10 or something. I want to say, yeah, fourth and goal at some point. Yeah. And they still scored. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I remember that was probably the loudest i've ever tried to yell in my life when when it was when it was fourth and goal there i was like all right let's get it together Otson like needs to get this one for us and then uh when that was scored i was like distraught it it just felt like oh no it's happening again it's it's happening again we're blowing it again (laughs) yeah we're cooging it against the cougars it was bad. But on the positive side, huge game from uh, CJ Verdell. You know, three touchdowns and something like, yeah, 257 yards. Just monster oh, game. Wow. Off the top of your head, huh? 
That's right. Uh, and yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Oregon got a little outmatched in that passing game. Herbert threw for just over 200, but they, they didn't need it. So uh, we're, we're happy to see Mike Leach, you know, leave, leave the Pac-12. Uh, you know, Washington State won't be the same, but um, I, I sure am glad to, to not have to, to face that air raid offense every year. Two more things about this game for me. One was nice moment for Cam Lewis, who definitely struggled struggled last season. We all know that. But he gets the game winner at the end, gets the celebration. The other thing from this game was I got to go on the field afterwards. Um, I don't think we really stormed the field. We didn't rush the field. But it was, you know, a nice casual, like, entrance into the field. And it's always fun to go on the Otsu field if you haven't been before. It's It feels like a Tempur-Pedic mattress. You can just lay down and enjoy yourself. Yeah, yeah, I got to snap a pick with Kayvon. That was pretty special um, for me and for him, definitely, I'd say. Um, <laughs> he's going to treasure that one forever. Uh, also, on his wall. also really worth mentioning uh, is that was the game um, that uh, Mikhail Wright first started taking kickoff returns, and he had a big one to kickstart that uh, final drive for us. I mean, I remember being in the stadium once he took that one out to like uh, around the 40 uh, or 35 maybe was when I think everyone started to feel like, okay, maybe we actually have a shot to get into field goal range here. And then from there, it was really a perfect drive by Herbert. Um, to Easy. Get us there. I believe it was a screen pass, Juwan Johnson. Yeah. Just took it down the sideline. And I mean, boom, game over. Well, makes you feel a lot better. Well, yeah, it okay, didn't, it yeah. Didn't feel to be like fair, over we did game. have to kick the field goal, which is a problem, <laughs> but felt like game over. Yeah, and um, we also got to fraternize with some somewhat salty Cougar fans on the way out. That's always fun when like you see opposing fans leaving Autzen who have just lost, and they still try to like talk some, talk shit to you. That's always probably one of my most fun moments right there yeah definitely all right so moving on yeah uh number four we have the usc game what a game what What a game game. (laughs) yeah uh scrapped that first quarter which was pretty rough um but the rest of the game was just amazing i mean we were just tearing them apart in the coliseum uh jawan johnson uh went crazy Uh, i think he had three touchdowns that game uh, Micah Pittman got his touchdown. Brady Breeze pick six. Mikhail Wright uh, housed a, another kickoff return. Uh, you know, in in the school that's closest to where he grew up, basically. Yeah, um, and for a lot of Ducks players, obviously, I mean, it's it's a homecoming game when they go down to to face the Trojans, and it's always nice to beat USC because they still think they're USC. And uh, newsflash. They still suck. Coach by Clay. Uh, yeah, M- M- Mikhail Wright gets, uh, you know, an absolute standout game here. I think he goes uh, three returns um, over uh, about 150 yards on that, like a 48 average. Just massive to have that kind of yardage coming uh, on special teams. And, you know, the Ducks offense just showed out here. Um, the only other thing... I, that stood out to me from this game was uh, the usually 
excited, overexcited, some would say, Gus Johnson was extremely sad that this was not a close game. I mean, if you watch the highlights, by the end of the tape, by the end of the highlight tape, when Juwan Johnson scores his last touchdown, he just goes, oh, touchdown, Johnson. And the Ducks score again. It's like, who am I listening to here? Is this like... Yeah, it's funny because that's so off-brand for him. His whole thing is like yeah. being overexcited. <laughs> yeah, that was... He's yeah, but ultimately, I mean, obviously it's just a big recruiting game when it's Oregon USC and we're trying to uh, dip into that uh, California talent pool and to put a statement like that um, in front of, you know, um, all those recruits. I, I believe Justin Flo was in attendance for that game uh, and towards the end of his recruitment, it was an Oregon USC battle. So, uh some could say that played a big part in us landing him. These things do make a difference, you know? Yeah. Nothing like seeing one school beat the crap out of another one in their own stadium to make you want to commit. Yeah, exactly. It was, <laughs> it was a pretty serious punctuation on the fact that Oregon is a tier above USC right now. And, and that you're not going to win a championship if you go to USC, it feels like, whereas Oregon is trending in that direction. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, just that, that Oregon, that California to Oregon, um, connection right now, we, we just have, we seem to be benefiting really from our success against these Southern California schools and recruits are seeing that they are even taken to these games by, you know, these, uh, USC, UCLA and they're like, Hey, come watch us beat Oregon. Well, not going to happen. So, you know, <laughs> I hope they don't say that. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. You know, uh, good for us, right? All right, last three games uh, on our list. You already know which three they are. Number three, we had the UW game. Now, this is kind of interesting to me because when you think about, when you look back on this season, for me, this was the turning point. I mean, it didn't really seem like a turning point at the time. But in terms of what we did before that game versus the mindset and the extra level that we sort of elevated to after it, other than the ASU game, of course, and the Oregon State game. (laughs) (laughs) Now now that I'm saying this, it seems like a less plausible thing. But, I mean, we really knew that UW was our last hurdle to winning the conference, even though it was still in October. But... Yeah, that was crazy about that game. It was like if we beat Washington, we had like a substantial lead in the north. It seemed like we basically had it locked up. Whereas if we'd lost that game, it was going to be basically a toss-up for who won the north. Um, But yeah, the thing I remember about that game is that, uh, I mean, I hate to say this, but honestly, Washington played really well. Yeah. I was uh, not expecting them. To yeah, well. and it was, uh, you know, an early Saturday afternoon in Seattle. The fans were raucous. Rain was coming down. Yeah, and it just seemed like they were giving us their best shot. And yeah, I mean, they had us up two touchdowns. It seems like everything's going their way. This is gonna be. This is gonna be like, oh, the resurrection of Chris Peterson's career, right? Like, we all know how that turns out. <laughs> yeah. But like, oh, maybe this is, you know, where Washington really proves that 
all all the smack they've been talking on Twitter actually pays off. And no, oh, maybe you know the doubt creeps in as a Duck fan. You're like, maybe they are the better team. Maybe if they are the better program right now. But uh, you know, the, we, the Ducks have I mean, a huge fourth quarter. One of the, honestly one of the best we had all season, and you know proves that these Huskies are all bar- all bark no bite. It's yeah, hard to win games if you can't defend screen passes. Right, but yeah, even uh, before that, I mean, it was a lot of games up until this point. We really relied on our defense to carry us through. And uh, after it was that Pukunakua touchdown early in the third on Washington's first drive to give him 28, it was like, okay, the defense uh, is struggling a little bit this game. Let's hope that Marcus Arroyo can draw something up uh, and that drive, I remember early in the third, was really a signature drive for Cyrus Habibi Likio. Steady doses. Yeah, keep giving him the He rock. was just uh, carrying us, and then that big hurdle. A couple of them, yeah. Yeah. Both on the same drive. Yeah, yeah, I think big so. Big hurdles. Um, and finishing his runs, especially on that one at the goal line, you know, that's something that, you know, they talk about at every level, but especially, um, you know, at these, in these, in these big games. It's um, you know yeah you can you can run between the tackles you can run in the open field but how do you finish those runs and he really showed uh, he really showed what he was made of there yeah and then uh, obviously there's that Micah Pittman uh, screen pass catch and long run for a touchdown to end the third um, and then the big one to finish it off was uh, Mikhail Wright isolated against Pukanakua two high, high four stars. Um, two really good prospects who are going to play a big role in this rival rivalry for years to come. And uh, Mikhail Wright won the battle on a fourth down, and that was it. Big time players make big time plays in big time games. Yeah, you know, we shut out shut out Washington in the fourth quarter. You know, you're not going to win a lot of games uh, against against anyone if you get shut out in the fourth quarter. And, and also Sorry. have to mention Troy Dye's gutty performance with the broken thumb. Oh, that yeah. was an all-timer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, he has yeah. a broken thumb. Yeah. <laughs> As if he wasn't playing good enough already. All right. Two and one. You know what they are. Last two games of the season. Last two on our list. Number two ended up being Utah. But, Reed, you had this as your number one game. Why this? Why? Uh, Utah, I had as my number one game uh, because, honestly, what's what stood out to me about the Utah game was that it was probably the only game all season that, going into it, I thought Oregon was actually going to lose. Hmm. Uh, after we had letdowns versus Arizona State and Oregon State, it just seemed like we were a little bit flat, and I thought Utah was a pretty good team. I, I still think they are a pretty good team. Um but that game was just pure domination uh, for that first half, and we ended up finishing it off in the second half. I mean, from as soon as Brady Breeze got that big stop on uh, fourth down on Utah's first drive, it was like, okay, we're in this thing. And then we just kept coming, and we were capable of winning the physical battle. I mean, it almost felt like... Um, those years in the past where we dominated a really physical Stanford team mm-hmm. uh, I, was, I was just really impressed I was uh, so happy for the seniors for Troy Dye and Justin Herbert to walk off the field Pac-12 champions and I mean even though you know the Rose Bowl is the biggest accomplishment uh, I just felt like after that game that I knew that 
uh, I could be happy with those players' careers and that they'd successfully brought Oregon back from the brink of, of really falling into uh, irrelevancy. Definitely, definitely. So for me and Charlie, I think this this game is is you know second, uh, but you know it, it could definitely be be first in, in any other any other non Rose Bowl season, right? <laughs> yeah. It's the it's the Pac-12 championship, and after losing to Arizona State, you know the Ducks aren't in the national playoff conversation anymore, um, not really. And Utah actually to this point is if they beat Oregon, oh, yeah. they they have a definite shot of um, you know. Jumping Oklahoma and getting that fourth. Yeah, people were already debating. Already debating, uh, you know, Utah versus Oklahoma. How do the or Baylor? And Baylor was still in the mix. Yeah, Georgia uh, even. Strength. How Georgia even? (laughs) How do those you know strength schedules line up? And this would have been a very very impressive win for Utah. For me, coming in, Reed, he didn't quite know if if the Ducks could match up. And for me, I've been watching Utah all year. I thought they were a little bit overrated. But, you know, it, it was frustrating for me to keep hearing the national media, oh, Utah's this, Utah's better than Oregon. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those discussions at the end of the season go like this. They say, oh, well, when Utah beats Oregon, right. or like assuming Utah beats Oregon, just yeah. for the sake of, you know, conversation and comparing resumes and things like that. Well, I mean, let's just say the Ducks were not exactly a force to just skip over. Right, I mean, right, of course. And they proved it. That's what I loved about this game. They, we proved that we were the best team in the Pac-12, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah and it really spoke to Cristobal's leadership uh, and just the fact that his teams were going to show some fight in big games, even after slipping up in the previous weeks. Uh, yeah, I, I, it was, I was just so proud of the team after that game, really. For me, it really showed, you know, the quality that gave me faith about our, our Rose Bowl game, which is that even even after those those two games before, especially the Oregon State game, Civil War, we come out flat. We don't look like we really want it. You know, a lot of weaker weaker teams, weak less uh, worse teams without Mario Cristobal at the head <laughs> might fold after you know losing to an Arizona State team. Uh, they might just come out flat and you know say, well, we're not gonna we're not gonna go to the college football playoff. Who really cares? One bowl, another bowl. No, that's not what Oregon's about. That's not what Crystal Ball's about. And you know this this class of team uh, really stood that test. No, nobody thought they were gonna win. They were, I think, three point dogs. Might have been more. I feel like it was more. I want to say it was like a touchdown or something. Yeah. But we were definitely underdogs. I mean, what, what we can take away from this for the future is that Cristobal really knows how to motivate a team. I mean, like we've been saying, those two performances, Arizona State and Oregon State, were two of the most unmotivated performances from Oregon we've seen in a long time. Like, for him to be able to turn it around on a short week and go into Utah on a Friday night or go in, well, not go into Utah, but go into the Utah game on a Friday night and show the world, or at least the country, that <laughs> that the Ducks were about it is huge. I mean, that's that takes a lot. That takes a certain type of character, and that's the right type of program. Yeah, yeah. I'll never forget the feeling uh, when C.J. Verdell finally broke that uh, long run off of some great blocking from our veteran O line, um, and then from there, I mean, it was that pretty much capped it off. But we also got a little bit of a showing of things to come. 
because uh, as that fourth quarter ran down, Kayvon Thibodeau just started absolutely dominating. It was it was really like uh, amazing to see him every single play. He just looked like he was ready to go and like he knew he had this guy beat. Yeah, and I mean that kind of confidence really helps a young guy. I mean, especially one like Kayvon who set lofty expectations for himself didn't necessarily perform to the level that he expected of himself all year but I mean when you have those two games at the end of the season against arguably arguably your two best opponents is something special and speaking of that final game against Wisconsin personally I had this as number one I had this as number one I I can't ever argue with winning the Rose Bowl to me that is always going to be the best game of the year. Granddaddy of them all, of course. What can you say about this game? This was, you know, the pinnacle of Oregon's season right here. Um, and just a great finish to this year. It was a little disappointing, but what all that really mattered at the end, well, maybe not all that really mattered, but <laughs> it was awesome to see us come out on, on top and, and finish so, so strongly with the Utah game and this Rose Bowl, especially when, you know, you have a lot of of national media saying, you know, maybe the Pac-12 doesn't stack up against, you know, uh, other Power 5 conferences. They're not, they don't have a team in the college football playoff. Yeah. It's nice to see, it's nice to be on the winning end of a close game. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Especially when it's the Rose Bowl. And for me, I kind of had like the the opposite. I get yeah, I would say opposite feeling as I did from the Auburn game or pick any close loss from the last ten years. I guess. I mean, it felt like Wisconsin. For me personally, I don't know why, but it felt like Wisconsin was destined to win that game. And all of a sudden, Herbert takes you know one play drive, thirty yards in the end zone, and okay, we'll take it. We're on top. Now our defense, which has been dominant all season, gets a chance to defend a Rose Bowl. And we did. Yeah, pretty awesome to have uh, the four touchdowns scored by uh, Oregon natives and also that key force fumble that set up the Herbert run uh, was caused by Brady Breeze. Uh, I think that, yeah, one thing, I mean, I think some people say that um, – we were kind of hanging on this game and that it was tough uh, to really say that we were the better team and that we kind of got the benefit of some things like that uh, fumbled punt. But uh, for me, one sequence that I always really look at is uh, it was a third and four from Wisconsin early in the fourth quarter. And uh, for all the talk about Wisconsin dominating us physically in a third and four, one of the teams that prides themselves most on their star running backs and their big offensive line just needs four yards and they uh, line up without Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. They try to complete a pass. Oregon uh, put pressure on Jack Cohn. He threw it away. Uh, All they got out of that was a field goal. And from there, Oregon was able to uh, get a touchdown soon after and control the game from then on beautiful game i was watching this game in athens georgia and uh i was safe to say my family and i were the only ducks fans um probably 
within a good distance um, <laughs> of the bar we were at. But uh, it was it was fun to see people recognize Oregon. You know, even some people neutrals rooting for the Ducks. Obviously, the Sugar Bowl was on right after that, so they were really waiting for that game. But it, it's always nice to win the Rose Bowl. Right. That's that's why it's number one. Yeah. <laughs> also, clear offensive pass interference. And some beautiful uniforms, I gotta say. Oh yes, oh Always yes. Always go we with the chrome helmets in the Rose Bowl. Oh man, the the sunset reflecting off those domes is just absolutely stunning. Yeah, one of the pictures of the year, I would say. All right, well that was a, was a pretty good ranking. Yeah, that kind of wraps up our 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 ranking of uh, the duck season. Uh, what did you guys think, just in general terms, about you know? If you had to give the season a grade, what would you give it? Uh, You can go first. Yeah, for this season, I would say uh, this was a B plus probably, maybe bordering on an A minus for me. Uh, I mean, going into the year, I thought a playoff appearance would be great. But ultimately, I mean, a Rose Bowl is... Tough really to, yeah, that, tough yeah. to beat. I mean, the best teams in the history of Oregon football have been Rose Bowl champions, basically. Um, maybe, I mean, some Fiesta Bowl champions. Some we have the two teams that lost in a national championship game. But I, I don't see think an incoming discussion on a future episode, right? What the best teams will be, right? Yeah, but I don't think there's really. I mean, no team in Oregon history has won a national championship, obviously. So, therefore, the best way any team's ever capped off a season is with a Rose Bowl win. The most prestigious bowl game, I think, for anyone on the West Coast. So, Or in the Big Ten, I would say. Right, yeah. yeah. So, by that measurement, uh, it's hard for me to give it anything lower than a, a B plus, A minus. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's just a great indicator for what could be to come in the Cristobal tenure. You want to go? Yeah, sure. I mean, personally, yeah, I think you guys are spot on with the, you know, B plus, A minus. Personally, I, I would give almost all the season besides, you know, that Arizona State game, which, you know, we won't have, we won't talk about anymore. <laughs> but um, besides besides that game, that, that game's an F, the rest of the rest of the season oh yeah absolutely a minus um and just especially i'm proud of that team and and how they turned around from that it would like i said before it would have been really easy to fold after that and kind of write off the season but that's not what this team is about you know and they came around to beat two teams who who are arguably were in in the top you know 10 15 teams in in the country in wisconsin and utah so, you know, uh, we there were some highs, there were some lows, uh, but I'm really looking forward to what comes next season. Yeah, I would also say A-. minus. I mean, at the beginning of the year, my expectations were pretty much almost exactly what we ended up with. Uh, fringe playoff team, had a couple games that didn't go our way. I mean, obviously shoot if we win the Auburn game then we're probably in the playoff if we win either of those games we're probably in the playoff honestly yeah almost definitely I would say I think we beat um, out an Oklahoma team pretty but I think this team performed to its expectations and mind you we had half a season without more than half a season I think without Breland 
Herbert's number one target. Pittman injured throughout. So, I mean, all said and done, I would honestly give it an A, A minus. Yeah, it uh, met my expectations. Yeah, those are also, I mean, not to go back too much, but those are huge factors in the Arizona State game. Uh, with how much Herbert likes to work through the seams, uh, we didn't have Jalen Red, Micah Pittman, or Jacob Breland wow. in that game. Also in the second half, we didn't have Jake Hansen under cent- uh, snapping from center. Mm-hmm. And uh, Throck, well, he's a great O-lineman. Uh, his snaps were a little sus. slow that <laughs> game. Sus. Yeah, sus. And, <laughs> and, yeah, they just threw off the timing of the attack a little bit. Uh, so I think that loss... Uh, I mean, it was a heartbreaker, but there's reasons behind it. I don't think it meant that – I don't think it was something that is going to be a consistent issue under the Cristobal program. And I also think that once Cristobal gets more and more of his uh, guys in there, we'll just build up depth and we'll be able to withstand uh, injuries like that in a way that we weren't exactly able to do this year. That's a good point. All right, well, anyone have anything else to say? Uh, in closing, um, thank you for listening, especially if you made it all the way through. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Props if you made it all the way a through. a better listener than we are. Um, well, you're the producer, so I really hope you listen to this. But I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, share any feedback with us. You can find us on Twitter. We'll share it. Um, we won't get offended, so, like, actually give us, like, dig into us, you know. Yeah, exactly. We're really uh, just trying to yeah, offer a podcast that's fan-centered, and we thought that it's something that people would have interest in. Uh, so, yeah, we're open to any uh, criticism, suggestions, new topics that you guys have for us. Uh, we'd love to hear. Unless you're from Washington. Right. <laughs> See you next time, and go, go Ducks! Ducks.